Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. And to start off this episode, we want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. We know by the time you may be listening to this, it may be very late on Thanksgiving or it'll be the day after. But still, regardless, we hope you had a very happy and safe and fun Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You may listen to it before then, too, which is cool. But it's it's great to um, catch up with everybody. The team's been out of town for a while, and we've been pushing out episodes. We've been trying to get uh, a little more participation um, from the from the players and from and from former players and stuff. It's a little it's been a little tricky recently, but we're we're working on and we will persevere. Yeah, and so last weekend, um, I'd say it was a pretty successful one for the boys, um, coming out with two wins, um, being above. 500 so we got a win in Watertown which was nice it was a close one two to one win over there followed by an absolute beat down in Elmira with an eight to one win which is kind of what we're used to seeing when we face Elmira um I know Matt can can speak on that from experience as well yeah, it's just uh again, you know, you have these situations recently where again, that's a tough road trip. That's a tough road trip. You got to go up to Watertown. It's far. It's clo- we talk about it all the time. It's close to Canada. And then you swing back down, you, you go by Elmira and and you play them. Again, you know, Watertown's been kind of tough. Elmira, uh I guess not quite as much, right? And uh you know, I think I think you're going to expect that for a while. They made some changes to their roster recently. A few teams actually made some changes, including the hat tricks, and we'll get to that. But um, needless to say, again, it, again, in the Fed, it's tough. They had something good going in the enforcers, and for whatever reason, you know, there would wasn't an opportunity there to keep that ownership in place. Uh, the, the building went dormant for a year. They they propped back up with the mammoth. I just don't think that that ever had a chance. Um, and I think all these, again, I've said it before, I think all these names are stupid. The mammoth, the river sharks are just stupid. Uh, you know, there, there's got to be a cooler, cleaner name that they could come out with. At the end of the day, it's going to take a while to get that right. We, we talked about it on the show. It's a great building, great history for hockey, great building for the Fed. Um, but, you know, uh, they... Evidently, they cut Luke Richards uh, as recently today. Former Danbury Hattrick Luke Richards, who played about uh, two thirds of the season yeah. last year with the Hattricks and uh, put up some good points. I guess he was out of Stonehill College um, in Massachusetts, uh, so it's it's unclear where he'll go. But another player on the move uh, is Parker Moskal, who's been a um, pretty consistent scoring force. I think within the league, uh, if you're looking at it, this guy is on his. Uh, somebody pulled it up. I think it was. Uh, let me just try and get this right. Um, yeah, Lee Rocco pointed out that 
The Danbury Hattricks will be Parker's uh, eighth team in the Fed in five seasons, which is pretty impressive. And he also uh, snuck in some games in the SPHL, and I believe he even played – did he play overseas at one point? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, he did for for Sweden. He played for their D2. Uh, Division II team in Sweden. Yeah, again, listen, if you play D2 in Sweden, you got to be a pretty good skater. you got to be a guy who, you know, can potentially put the puck in the back of the net. So I personally met Parker Moscow a couple of seasons ago. Um, he was with Columbus. They were here for a playoff game. We had a nice conversation. I don't know if that's his reputation completely around the league. I know there were some interesting exchanges with him and some fans in uh, you know, the Animal House and in Section 102. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's a if you can't beat them, join them situation. Uh, and now and now Parker Moscow is a, is a Danbury hat trick. So very interesting. And not, uh, just a great league of storylines. The storylines are so vivid in this league because it's a small league. Most of the people who n- follow the teams very closely know the players. So, again, it's, it's going to be an interesting couple of days on social media as Parker Moscow signs a four-game uh, player, tryout. player tryout contract with the Hattricks. Yeah, and I'm honestly, I'm excited to see him uh, this week when we play against Binghamton. But before we get into that preview, um, Matt, you actually went down to Jersey, skated in the Rock, otherwise known as the Prudential Center, uh, for a beer league game. How, how was it? Yeah, it was really awesome. I have to give a shout-out to a guy by the name of Sam Schachter. He, he puts together a lot of great events. Uh, I've skated with Shan, uh, Sam at uh, UBS Arena, you know, the Islanders' new arena. I skated uh, with him and his guys uh, at the uh, Hartford uh, – is it the Xfinity Center in Hartford, right? Oh, yeah, the XL Center. The XL Center. The XL Center in Hartford and, uh, you know um, – also skated with him. Uh, we've done some games against the Long Island Warriors, some disabled veteran teams. I think I've played with them once or twice against those guys. And, uh, you know, last night um, with my buddy Cody, uh, we traveled together down there. From I went down to my, uh, my parents' house in Queens, and I spent the night. Uh, so, yeah, listen. It's an incredible experience when you get to play in an NHL rink. You know, it's just a bunch of guys last night in mismatched jerseys going back and forth. And uh, I had a pretty nice shot on goal, and I thought we played played well defensively uh, most of the game. But uh, it's it just a great experience. That that experience and that, you know, we're walking around in uh, the hallway of the building, and, you know, you're not necessarily in a pro locker room or anything when you go to these events. But you are on the NHL ice. When you get that out there on the ice, you're on the bench. You're hopping the same boards that, uh, you know, the, the the Devils are hopping over right now. Guys like Dougie Hamilton and, and Hughes Brothers, right? I think they've yep. both Hughes Brothers now. And, you know, then there's, then there's a little history there for me because when I was growing up, uh, you know, the Devils were on that crazy run with Kenny Danico and Niedermeyer and, uh, you know, obviously Marty Brodeur and, and Scott Stevens. So it was, it was really cool for me. And uh, these these things are great. And we're trying to do more of that in Danbury. As you know, um, we are uh, Hattrick City kind of cross-promoting this, I guess you would say. But we're going to have that uh, Top Hat Cup, which is going to be a novice kind of beginner and adult 
uh, intermediate uh, beer league tournament in Danbury. So if you haven't played in a long time, you never played hockey before, if you're an adult just getting into it, March 23rd, 2024, um, we have a tournament that's, like I said, kind of part of uh, Hat Trick City. Um, if you're an adult and you play on a low-level beer league team, um, you know, you didn't play in college, maybe you didn't play in high school, um, this is the tournament for you. So you can get in touch with us uh, through the Hattrick City Instagram. You can get in touch with us through the Hattrick City Facebook. You can get in touch with uh, the event, which is going to be called the Top Hat Cup. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, it's at Top Hat Hockey on Instagram. So if you're interested in playing novice, beginner, adult hockey, if you play in that type of league already, uh, there's we got people of that level of play coming from all over right now. New York, New Jersey, uh, Long Island, Connecticut. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then I'm honestly excited to see it. And I'm knows, excited to see you play in it. Yeah. You're alleged you're alleged to be playing in it. I am alleged to be playing in it. Um, I think it'll be a fun tourney. It'll be nice to kind of get in that kind of vibe, at least in March, too, you know, before the Classic and all that, and have those two events kind of just going hand-in-hand hand with each other would be amazing. Um, but going into this week, we got Binghamton twice, the day before and after Thanksgiving. Um Wednesday they'll be in Binghamton. Uh, currently, Binghamton is coming off of a pretty interesting loss against Watertown, five to one loss. Not a not a one not a game that most people would expected would go that way. Um, so it's that definitely could be something good for us in turn. And then we've been on a three game win streak thus far. And then Friday they come here. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, but overall Binghamton leads the season series 2-1. Uh, to one. So honestly, it's probably going to be another chippy round of and games. Unfortunately, it's kind of relevant for us to mention uh, before we sign off here that uh, if you're coming down to the game Friday to see a certain former player uh, of the Danbury Hattricks, um, guess what? He's not going to be there. He's been cut by the team. He's been cut by Binghamton. So it sounds like he won't be at the game on Friday. Um, we can probably tone down uh, all of the uh, all of the real estate he's occupied for free in your heads. Yeah, I I I didn't want to be the one to bring that up, but essentially, um, best on you for bringing that up and kind of wording that correctly. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's about time we you know forget this guy and leave him in the past. I mean, you know, he did his thing. We we continue to do ours, so it's you know. Just leave leave it be two two own things, you know. Uh, that's it. And have more focus on us. Yeah, not, it's, not it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting here. The new run, the, the hat tricks. I got a new player in Parker Moscow. I'm sure he'll play Friday night. I'm sure that'll be the expectation. Uh, allegedly, if you're you're gonna hear this probably sooner than later, there's an allegation also that the hat tricks have new jerseys with nameplates on their back. Oh. So that's that's something. Um, that that's been great and i i also wanted to say one more thing before we sign off i know we're going to a holiday weekend with a game uh if any of the hat tricks fans that listen to the show we don't know how many people ultimately listen uh you know we we, we think it's around 100 people through various ways but um could be more mm-hmm. but um what we wanted to say is um if if you support the team, get behind the Danbury Hattricks Booster Club because they try and do a lot of good things for guys. Membership is pretty cheap. They give you a nice uh, pin. 
You know what I mean? So try and support that. I mean, if you come down to games every week, it really is just spending an extra 25 bucks to, to help support the Booster Club to, to, to get things going. So, so it'd be great if uh, we see a little more consistency with regular fans and that. Uh, we also want to shout out all of our, our people. We also want to shout out um, Top Hat Tazi and Eddie Nitro for working the penalty box with us in the Sunday night NA3HL game. Um, if you are interested... There may be opportunities for you, too, to work the Sunday night NA3HL penalty box. Right now, it looks like Eddie Nitro and Top Hat Tazi, uh, especially because of their law enforcement backgrounds, uh, will come in very handy in the penalty box, and it looks like they're doing a good job. But if you're interested, hit us up. For sure. And, you know, folks, again, we just want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving again. Um, we're looking forward to this, you know, slate of games this week. And... um Enjoy this amazing interview we have lined up for you with Michael Marcusin. This is Danbury Hattrick's head coach, Billy McCreary, and you're listening to Hattrick City Radio on WXCI 91.7 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Hattrick City, we're welcoming back a very, very special guest, the one and only playoff MVP, Michael Marcusin. Michael, how are we doing today? Great, great, great to be back. See you guys. Get to chat. It's awesome. Of course. And, you know, Marchie, you've been tearing it up recently in the East Coast League. Um, obviously, we give our congratulations to you on making that big jump up. Um, so first thing I want to ask was kind of what was the change like? Uh, a lot faster, for sure. And then, like, just these little plays you would, like, placing in areas, you know, positioning-wise, everything just uh, – that extra step quicker and then you get guys that are draft picks and everything that that are in the league it's pretty cool to see that uh at the end of the day everyone's human too you make mistakes just as much as you would uh, in any league really our coach preached that too like even in the nhl like everyone's just making mistakes like it's going to happen but just how you react to them exactly and then you know just to kind of take it back a little bit um i imagine you had a busy summer so if you want to go ahead and take us through it oh yeah um so I uh, had a bunch of couple boys over to my cottage for uh, Canada Day weekend. We had a blast there, uh, celebrating the cup and everything like that. And then really it was just training, working out, and, and working at constri- construction landscaping. And um, then I saw J-Mac a couple times in Pittsburgh, met my girlfriend down there, and uh, been hitting it off since. That's awesome. I actually want to backtrack because I think Pat got far too ahead. I wanted to talk about the differences between the Fed and the ECHL. You know, what's the post-game meal situation like in the ECHL? Like, is this is this showing up to McDonald's at 1 a.m. and getting the door locked on us? Or is this a little more uh, kind of an established thing at, at mealtime? Uh, yeah, so we, we get meals sometimes. I think uh, we've gone twice or after a game. Or, like, but... Really, if you're on the away, you're um, you're putting down your meal order before the game, and like they have a kitchen and everything, and then you just put your money in, and they uh, they get the food ready for you. But excellent food. Uh, sometimes those McDonald's burgers hit nice though. So, um, yeah, and then you know, even talking about that, that that McDonald's night was one to remember. We we're talking about it with Xavier a little bit ago, and you know, it's just. Do you run into stuff like that, like on bus trips and stuff like that, at least in the coast? 
Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't run into that yet. Uh, we pretty good and healthy. Um, but like we, we just came back from a Florida bus trip and we stopped at Love's gas station or whatever it is. Mm. And the bus had to fill up, but some guys are getting some bad snacks. Like me, myself, I grabbed like two chocolate bars and a bag of chips. <laughs> I'm not, still the same human. What's it like down there, Marchie? Though, like, uh, you know, there's been a little just for kind of uh, nonsense talk's sake. You know, there's been a lot of rumors on the internet, stuff on like ESPN and stuff about Atlanta possibly getting an NHL team again. It would be the third time they had a team. Do you feel? Are you feeling any type of way about the vibe down there for the NHL? And what's what are the fans like for the Gladiators out in Gwinnett, which I know is outside of the city of Atlanta? Yeah, so we're like a little bit outside, like forty-five minutes, but they're great. Like you can tell they're die-hard fans, and, and they they know everything about you. Like we had a meet and greet and everything, and they're talking like, "Oh, hey, getting to know you and everything." I think I think it would do great. Um, my coach actually brought it up too, because I was like, "Well, do you think it would work?" Because we we had these talks too, like all of us talk about it, and um, he's like, "Yeah, if you're doing it on the outside, like in a certain area, I forget what what it was. It was on the outskirts of Atlanta, though, not directly inside." And he, cause there's so many rinks around there and everything that people will just go there and it would it'd work for sure. And I could see it too, to be honest. I, I didn't expect this in Atlanta, like what it'd be like. It's super nice. I have nothing to complain about at all. Where so, do you guys live and how far are you from the facilities, both the practice rink and the main arena? Uh, we live in Duluth and uh, we're about 15 minutes um, from our rink and then like same with our practice rink. Our practice rink is like 30 seconds away from our uh, our main rink. And it's where the Thrashers used to practice, I guess, too. So yeah. that's cool. That is pretty cool, yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, just, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. You know, what what's the adjustment kind of been just to the new league for you? Like, in terms of... You know, we we all probably knew after that tremendous season you had with the hat tricks last year, you you were going to get an opportunity to go to a, I guess you'd say a higher league. Um, but what what could you just take the fans through the story of the last couple of months? Maybe what was your training camp situation and leading up to now, where you're knocking guys out on social media? <laughs> um, yeah, so like I trained with uh, Matt Carey in um, Hamilton, and he's a former NHL player in for Chicago, and I've. I've been training with him for some years and he's great. And he was uh, talking to me over the summer as we were training. And then I ended up uh, signing in Macon and their head coach, Nick Niederreit, a great guy. He set me up with the East Coast Hockey League camp. He's like, yeah, like you, I'm going to set you up somewhere where I know you could succeed, sorry, and uh, just make the most of it. And so around October or September, like 29th, I left for Atlanta and um, I had some making mayhem teammates that were also here with me. And we were in these beautiful apartments, brand new, like no one else has moved into this huge brand new car apartment complex, except for us, the players still to this day. And we were here for a bit. And uh, then we had an exhibition game, an inner squad game. And the coach ended up telling me I made the team. And I've just been living in the apartments trying to, Try to replicate somewhat what I did last year, but it's it's hard, right? I'm I'm got, got to gain confidence in myself and ability. It's a, you're moving up two levels. It's it's going to happen, but I feel like I 
I just got to keep working hard. And that's all of what I do in the summer is just work hard and don't make excuses for yourself. And I don't expect anything given to me. I expect I have to take everything. So that's just my mindset. You know, we were spending some time in the Danbury penalty box last night with uh, one of the, you know, two of the biggest uh, hat tricks fans, Mike Top Hat Tazi and um, the one and only Eddie Nitro. You know, they both uh, uh, just both big hat tricks fans. And they were really talking a little bit about uh, your story, you know, from, you know, those guys from Section 207. They were talking about your story last season and how you kind of, um, I guess your junior eligibility had expired, right? Were you done with junior eligibility? Yeah. Done with junior eligibility. You got a chance early in the season with the Binghamton Black Bears. You played in one game? Uh, Three. You played in three games for the team. You ended up uh, getting cut. Why don't you just do a little bit of a rewind? Because that um, entry into professional hockey is, is probably as interesting as they come. I think you met. Uh, was it Johnny McDonald in Nashville, uh, Huntsville? Something. Take us through the story yourself. Yeah, so um, out of juniors, I had a, like a good season there too for my last year because I got my 20-year-old year taken away. I wanted to go to college to play hockey, but that opportunity got taken away. And so I got an invite or told to go to a free agent camp in Huntsville. And I had no idea what they were, what they were like, so I just went, paid the money. And then ended up making the cuts or whatever. So I went to Huntsville's main camp, met J-Mac there. And uh, we got cut the same day, like right before they were leaving for a road trip, right before the season started. And then we went to Nashville. Decided to go after it. They get a little, a couple of drinks in us just to like relieve some stress. And uh, then he said, hey, like Danbury wants to talk to you. Like they, they're a good spy. I was there last year. And then Binghamton called me too. And then they just, their offer sounded a lot better. And um, it ended up not coming to fruition in Binghamton. So then I went home for a bit, texted Billy. Uh, Billy kind of iced me for like a week, which I understand because I kind of did, I kind of did him dirty, I guess, in a way after uh, Huntsville. And then I had a slow start in Danbury too, but he trusted me and it worked out like that. It certainly did, especially at the very end of the season when we uh, we took Carolina back home to Danbury and we took the championship right from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really great, impressive, and and you know, um, just for the fans out there listening, it's it's not that easy to make the jump from the federal league to the ECHL, especially. I don't think you played a game in the SP, did you, Archie? Did you, you never played one game in the SP, and that's the Southern Professional League. That's you know, it doesn't always go hand in hand that you that you go to the Southern Professional League before the ECHL, but it's an impressive jump. I remember in the early days of the Federal Hockey League, um, there were guys kind of making a similar jump. One kid uh, who had played at Brown, uh, Tyler Fernandez, comes to mind. He did play just a tiny bit in the SP, but uh, he, he became a pretty much a regular ECHL guy, and there was a lot more call up. Um, could you just, you know, for the fans that are out there that wonder the differences, I think you touched on it at the beginning, but, um, you know, other than the speed of the game, are there other differences that that stick out to the, the way the game is played or, or you know, how the rosters are built? Yeah, so, like, uh, every team has their, like, NHL draft picks on them, right, and everything like that, or you have AHL one-way contracts where they're coming down here for a bit, and 
so the competition's just a lot a lot better in my opinion and um the caliber of players so you you have to you gotta adjust and find a way to make an impact on the game i guess how many just off the top of your head i mean it doesn't have to be like the right number would you say there's a lot of division one college hockey guys that are on your team now or they or do the guys mostly come from the major juniors uh it's, it's been everywhere i think we have like i think there's two d3 guys uh a lot of d1 and then yeah like a lot of major junior players like that and you, ne and you never had that opportunity i was looking back on your instagram today and it looks like um, this is something I wanted to bring up to the fans because I've encountered this a few times just in my travels over the years. You got drafted in the OHL draft by the Flint Firebirds, I guess. Is that right? I uh, yeah, it was a, it was like a, it was an invite. It was a priority selection. It was okay. a new thing they were doing. It wasn't like the sixteen-year-old draft. It was a setting. It was for late bloomers or whatever. I don't know. It was newer. So just out of curiosity, you know, you get that opportunity. Not not but. What kind of happens there? Did, did you don't have to say if you played good or bad or whatever, but do they you get to go to a camp? Is it more just a ceremonial thing? What was the what, what was the nature of that? Ah, uh, yeah, it was, it was a full on camp. Um, so Flint, uh, they billeted us with families and like three guys to a house, so we were there for like a week or something. And uh, you play, you practice twice, and then you played like four or five games, and um. And they made cuts and everything for the the main camp. It was a, it was a good experience. So they they did uh, fitness testing, all that kind of stuff, and broad jump, pull ups, which I suck at. Can't, I can't do very many of them. My arms are too long. Well, it's, it it does seem a little interesting to me. I guess if you're if you're keeping a um, a scorecard, as they say, you know, you didn't get that major junior opportunity. Um, obviously not the, not the major, uh, college D one type of thing either. You, um, were cut in the SP essentially cut in Binghamton yeah. ended up being definitely one of the, so far, one of the best single seasons. I think that I, I can remember definitely one that ended with a championship, um, here in Danbury. And now you're basically, you know, one, there's that, there's that, uh, always hungry hockey league right above the echl the ahl but you're you know um you're in you're in that striking distance of the nhl in some ways uh you know qu quite frankly more often than we see guys uh from the fed getting uh, we have had guys like dylan kelly and these other guys getting that ahl opportunity but it's definitely great to see you on that echl level um how does it who who's the atlanta affiliated with um nashville and arizona so is it like are there like scouts assistant coaching your team is that the way it works or are there stuff like that no our coaches um they played in atlanta before um derek nesbitt and um coach neely uh they played for atlanta for years and uh they're just uh i think uh nezzy was assistant coach for a year or two and then um now he's a head coach and niels is a player and he went to assistant coach. I think that's uh, the, the guy who had that big um, retirement ceremony on spit yeah. chicklets, right? Yeah. Uh, Nesbit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. It's really cool that you're playing for that guy. That's certainly a city, Pat, that'd be great to take a road trip, right? To Atlanta yeah. to see hockey. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's a great guy. And, and he's well connected to, um, we were at Atlanta and we were going to Allen, Texas for a road trip and 
we saw, I saw Biz nasty, like spit and chicklets guy there. He was walking <laughs> and uh, he was talking to Nezzy and like, I guess they're friends and they, they know each other very well. And he goes to the boys like, suck fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, you know, I know you said you've gone down to Florida now you said Texas, where else have you guys gone this season? And what are the, like, I'm always curious, you know, up here in the Northeast, we're kind of spoiled with this hockey culture. I mean, like if you ask some people in Danbury, uh, like, you know, the city, uh, the city of Danbury is a, a borough of Canada like, to some people, but, but what's, what was the crowd like in Texas and the crowds like in Florida for ECHL hockey? Wild, wild. So we went to Greenville, Jacksonville, um, Florida and Texas, and they're all just, they're insane. Like they're wild, they're big ranks and they got really packed too. Like Florida was wild. Jacksonville was packed too when we played them. Texas, they have, a, they have a smaller barn, but it was really nice. It reminded me of, like, Wheelings. Like, I've been there for Ames's fight. I was there, and I was like, it's a smaller rink, but they they pack it. Yeah, it's just they're wild and they're loud. Kind of like Danbury, obviously not to the same extent, but they they love their hockey. Yeah, and, um, you know, what are those kind of road trips like? It's it's all bus, right? Uh, we flew to Allen. Uh, Florida, uh, Florida, we just got back from a bus trip Sunday. So that, that was, that was rough. That was nine hours, but they're good guys on the team. So we just have fun with it. Some guys are smart and they brought like a, a mattress topper and stuff. And like they're lying on the floor doing whatever, just whatever to get comfortable. And I only brought two pillows, which is stupid, but I'll know next time. I was gonna say, I mean, you're just getting used to it still, so it's you know just rookie mistakes, I guess. <laughs> what are you missing most about if you if you're missing anything at all about this area? Is there something about this area that kind of this Danbury area that you kind of kind of miss or you or you feel sentimental about? Um, yeah, like the lunches with the boys after is always fun. Like you just go into the mall and hang. <laughs> you know, as much as like living in a hotel kind of ever has a lot of downs or whatever it'd be cool like just you shame your friends all the time and it's kind of the same thing here like we have an apartment we're all like right beside each other but so it's not the same as the hotel obviously right because you have nowhere to go so you just hang out with each other how many guys in the apartment you live in uh just me oh wow so yeah. long. very nice well, i got lucky I, I uh i moved out into a hotel for a bit then when i signed i got back in here i had a roommate and now i don't I'm just seeing how long it lasts. So I can tell but so far it's nice. Beautiful apartments. Let me ask you something. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that the three of us here, yourself, uh, Pat and I, you know, we kind of lived a lot of that end of the season right there with you guys, Pat, because we were on all those road trips. Yeah. And, um, you know, Mike, if you could, what you know, like, what are the flashes of stuff that, like, that you really remember about the end of the season? There, like, what's, what, like, comes to mind all the time? Um, Obviously, the championship. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying not to use something so cliche as that. Like, <laughs> it just like, I think the first was like that first round. Even though like it was on my route, we knew we like we were just gonna run through them. Obviously, you can't think like that, but we knew we were going to we had their number all year they didn't beat us but it's just even when we went for that series i didn't think it'd be that packed and like the fans how crazy and loud they get like even like walking down to the tunnel onto the ice like and everyone just clapping you in and it was pretty 
something special to be every time. You're just getting that, like, all right, we're here, let's go. And then I, I kind of wanted to bring up, you know, you guys had a pretty hot start in Atlanta. I mean, starting off winning seven straight, um, you know, kind of what do you think fueled that run? I know, obviously, you know, the the rabbits kind of ruined that run. But at the same time, you know, how was it? Because you guys were chasing that record that I think Worcester currently holds with nine and oh as a start. Yeah, so we got we got eight and for the franchise record, it was pretty cool to see, but I think it was just we have a bunch of guys like like our veteran guys are skilled and they're they're really good at bets. Like they uh they're good guys too and everyone's everyone's pretty close on this team. So like they they lead the way for sure. Like our our power plays and everything and our quick pace is is good. We have a lot of rookies as well. But our vets, like we have a lot of guys that came from AHL experience and everything and, and they're sick. Like they're watching them every day. It's just kind of like wow fuck i'm here excuse my language but like damn these guys are really good no you're all good um matt i know you'll you'll kind of like this little tidbit or at least um we noticed that your guys's play-by-play kind of dissed you a little bit on that first goal called it your first professional goal yeah i, I and i was like oh it's not but oh uh, guess they're just dissing the fed and me like that i was like okay that's kind of rough yeah, yeah it really hurts yeah and the guy probably doubles as the volleyball announcer. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mike, you know it's really uh, great to have you on. Um, you know, we we re- we really miss you up here, dude. You were always you were always a fun guy to have around. Tell me, um, just you know, as you're exit as you're exiting here, you know how how does it um how does it just compare right now to uh you know, knowing that you had so many, like at the start of last season, you had so many kind of full starts. You had a, you know, whatever, a full, you know, a full start kind of in the SP and then a full start with Binghamton. And then, then it took you a while to get going. You know, like, is there any, I mean, that, that quite frankly, it, it, um, you know, it feels like there was a little bit of perseverance involved there a lot. Maybe, maybe some young kids would have gotten cut from Binghamton and went home. Yeah. Uh, You know, it didn't work out. I'm going to, you know, do whatever. What, you know, how does it feel for you personally to have kind of persevered through that? Not only been a guy who was, you were not only discarded from the SPHL, you were discarded by a team that we basically beat to get to the finals. Yeah. Uh, we did beat to get to the finals, right? So, yeah. what, how are you feeling about that? And well, maybe what's your advice to some people that face similar obstacles? Yeah. So I just I like learning from my granddad, my mom, my dad. Like they they're the toughest people I know and, and they, they don't stop. They don't quit. Like that's it's cliche as it sounds like we don't quit, but I just, I always knew that I could be, I, what I can do and my ability. And I just believe in myself and, and know that you're not going to quit. Cause like nothing good in life comes to someone easily. I believe, I think you always have to work at it and you learn a lot about yourself, like uh, going through the trials and, and triumphs. So going through all that, I think it made me a better man, a better hockey player. And yeah, for sure. I've, I'm not going to lie. Like after Binghamton, I was just like, maybe I'm just not good enough at hockey. Like, but then I knew I trained with my team trainer, like trot it over, had some sleepless nights on it. And then I was like, like, I can't be done. Like I'm not, I didn't train my whole life just to give up. And I'm just starting basically my pro career. And 
And I just think you just got to keep going no matter what until, until the wheels fall off. You know, I just want to, I think we might've skipped over there. Like how, how close did you get actually with that OHL thing with the Firebirds? Was that the closest you actually got to even getting on the radar of the major juniors? Uh, yeah. So when I was 16, um, my dad, uh, he's a teacher and he had a friend that was an agent. And, um, so my 16 year old year, I was supposed to get drafted to Guelph or to Guelph. Supposedly there was a manager there that wanted to draft me. And then he got traded or he signed some other team. I forget what team it was. And then that never fell through. So I was like, I was looking at the draft as it was going down on the screen. And I was like, come on, where am I going? And then I get a call later, like saying like, yeah, you, uh, the general manager signed somewhere else. He's not bringing you in. Sorry. And then that invite the year later I got was uh, the closest I got for sure. That's amazing, man. And now, now you're, you're in the ECHL with affiliated teams and, and with some guys who have NHL contracts. It's great. It's a great story for Danbury hockey too. Yeah. Thank and you. then, you know, one last thing for me, um, I have to ask, can you give us just a little retelling from your perspective of that goal? You know, the one. <laughs> um still doesn't really come back to me you know it's just more of a blackout but i just do remember uh driving the net x shooting that and then i thought kennedy was just going to go in the corner with it so i tried to whack at his stick he fluffed it and then i was already going that way so i couldn't really stop or i didn't want to because i was also gassed it was at like the end of the shift yeah and i just saw five hole and i just wanted to smack it as hard as i can and like slowly turning away from it, like watching it go through from behind him, like doing a whole 360 around the net, basically. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stop at the net, but I was too gassed. And then I just watched it slowly cross and made sure to look at the ref because I thought they were going to do something scummy because of the game before that. Yeah. Like fall off a goal or whatever. And I saw him go like that and like threw the gloves off and celebrated. I don't, I don't like, Gonzo was telling me, he just always texted me too. He was like, Yeah, like you were just saying, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it was really amazing. Um, when we think of every, like, you know, and, and just in my own work of trying to draft this whole thing as a book, it's really emotional at times to think of, some, you know, we were always in pretty much first place. We were running, but there were just so many snafus and games we lost to teams from out of the conference that where we looked bad. It was just like, what the heck could happen here? And uh, the rest is history, basically. Uh, that, that book's going to be great. There's I'm working on it. A, lot of a lot of drama in that season, too, that like we had to overcome, which is... Oh, yeah. The testament to our group it's pretty cool oh and then i gotta ask i know they did a, a write-up on you and they said you didn't get your ring yet did you get it yet or no you know what i'm gonna go check the office like uh because i i forgot to check it on the way back from practice today but they didn't send it to the room so it's probably in the office if i did get it yet billy texted me about where to send it so i i sent it the address and everything all right hopefully so we'll we'll update the fans if if it did arrive or not yeah yeah again marchie thanks for coming on the show um obviously best of luck to you and you know what you're achieving right now yeah i appreciate it thank you guys it's been a pleasure of